2: And welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Matur Day Radio. My name is Miriam Marston, and I'm so glad you're tuning in. Whether you're a regular listener or this is brand new to you, I'm just glad that you're here um, because this is a place where we tune into the good news of how God is working in our world today. And we can't ever lose sight of that good news, especially when the noise and the distractions around us pick up. Uh, We need to return as many times as we need to to the foundational reality of our lives, the reality of God who is love and who has loved us into existence and who sent His Son into the world for our salvation and so that we may love God in return and live with Him always. My guest this week is James Baxter, who co-founded the Exodus 90 program, which is a Catholic program for men based on three pillars of prayer, asceticism, and fraternity. And while the program is tailored for men who seek to grow in their spiritual life and discipleship, there's no doubt that much of what James and I discussed um, in our time together really applies across the board in the sense that we should each be striving to, to clear out the things that are disrupting our journey to deeper friendship with Christ. As you'll hear James mention, this program is meant to address the idols that get in the way—those things that creep into our lives and start occupying space in our day, in our minds, um, our hearts, uh, even our physical um, appetites—but spaces that really should be reserved for God and all the ways that He wants to move in our lives. I know I've mentioned it on this show before about this principle that I learned many years ago in a philosophy course— And the professor said this one line at least once every single class, and that is, whatever is at the center of your life will determine everything else about how you live. And I think a program like Exodus 90 is really intended to help men sort out the center, so to speak, to grow in self-discipline and self-mastery, in prayer and fellowship, so that anything that isn't God is pushed away from the center, so that the important things really do come first. You know, the great commandment that was given in the Old Testament really comes to mind here. It's from Deuteronomy chapter 6, where it's written, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Therefore you shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart and with your whole being and with your whole strength. Take to heart these words which I command you today. Keep repeating them to your children. Recite them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you get up. Again, this passage known as the Shema was the guiding principle for the Jewish people, um, that everything went back to this central truth that the Lord is God, the Lord alone. All those other things competing for worship in our lives, that has to go. And not only that, we hear this command to teach this to the next generation. And James will discuss this as well, that the work he's involved with aims to help equip fathers to share the faith with their children and to be a compelling Christian witness to their families. But it's hard to share something if it's not that important to you to begin with, especially when the world around us is clamoring for our attention, constantly giving us a hundred other things to pull us away from life in Christ. So i will let James pick it up from here, and I hope you enjoy our conversation as he invites us to contemplate Christ, the Son of God, on whose face we find, as James tells us, the fabric of reality. I'm joined by James Baxter, who is a co-founder of Exodus 90, which is a Catholic program for men based on uh, three pillars of prayer, asceticism, and fraternity. James lives in Indiana with his wife and two children with one on the way. Uh, James, it's really great to have you on the show. How are you today?
0: Miriam, it's a joy. Yeah. Thank you so much for for your time. I am doing awesome. Um I suppose when this will be airing the Christmas, uh, we'll be in the Christmas season, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah I think so. so. Uh, yeah,
0: it's just a beautiful time of the year, you know, and for us at Exodus, it's a crazy time of the year, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a joy to be with you. Thanks for having me.
2: Well, James, I look forward to hearing more about Exodus and um, and just the impact of the different programs and this movement, but I want to start with your own background because I would imagine that um, that what you're doing today, James, is a fruit of what God has been doing in your life um, for a while. So if you can share a bit about that, what were some of the milestones in your own spiritual journey? And could you share with us how the truth and love of Christ was shared with you?
0: Yeah, I love I love that framing for the for the question. And it relates very deeply to just like a first principle of mine. You know, it's just ultimately not just mine. I think it's ours and is shared in, in the faith. But it's just that everything's working for our good, you know, even things that are fairly confusing and challenging, you know, at the time um, and everything kind of comes together. I, I, this is my experience, at least in the last couple of years, like, gosh, all these disparate things in my experience over the last 30 years are like really coming together right now. Like, that's amazing. Um, yeah, maybe you feel the same way. But, um, yeah, so my, um, I grew up in Indiana. I I live basically back where, you know, where, where I, I started, uh, which is awesome. Um, my, my parents returned to the faith, uh, at when I was a boy and I remember kind of, uh, life before and after, uh, the encounter with Christ and, uh, it really changed, you know, our house and it wasn't just on the level of like, okay, there's pictures of Jesus of Nazareth around, right. but it just felt different, you know? And I remember, you know, coming downstairs, waking up tired, you know, whatever. And my dad, every single morning, you know, you know, it kind of started this routine before work of praying the scriptures, you know, and making sure he was kind of centered uh, changed conversations, um, you know, our relationships for sure, how we spent our time, you know, all all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, you know, so my, my parents kind of reconversion happened through the Curcio movement. Yeah, And, uh, yeah, so I'm deeply grateful for, you know, for, you know, for, for their encounters and and really how that changed our family. Um, at the same time, they're super normal people, (laughs) And so like some Catholics are like really Catholic and kind of wear it on their sleeve. And that wasn't, wasn't my experience of the past. It's not, not really how I I live now. Um, It's kind of like, kind of like layers of an onion, if you will. It's like, you know, so, you know, it's like, not like a first layer question that'll come up, but it's like, well, like, why do you do that? You know, it's like, Oh, well, let me tell you, you know, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, you know, really, really good, you know, beautiful people. And that, that really influenced, you know, my brother and I, but I was super involved in, in sports. Uh, Golf became kind of my, my, uh, my sport of choice, if you will. And I say that because growing up and still today, I'm, I'm a very lanky guy and, you know, basically all the other sports you could get hit and, you know, taken down and I just couldn't, couldn't tolerate that. Couldn't deal with it, frankly. So golf was just you and the ball. And there's a lot of internal interior things to work through. It's a mental game you know, after all. So I love that. But, um, you know, I'd say I'd also like kind of came into the faith, you know, for, you know, for my own in in high school and it was kind of there, you know, and I would say like kind of my, my high school experience was a little bit irregular, uh, in that spent a lot of time at, at church, you know, my senior year I had an internship at the parish. so I was able to serve mass and, Mm -hmm. you know, pray, you know, a lot, you know, basically every morning. And, um, you know, I was, you know, there was kind of the, the the early stages of of a contemplative life. And, and that was really kind of a grace that kind of happened to me. I remember. So I went to seminary at the age of 18. OK. And I remember like learning about the things or, you know, a holy hour, which to be to be honest with you at the time, I was just like, you know, that was a standard of seminary life. But like for me, that was just like so such a given, so fundamental that it was like this is so weird to like programatize all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but I went to the seminary at 18, you know, just out of a desire to, to serve God and serve the church. And, um, yeah, I fell in love with, with the life, you know, the life, you know, a life grounded in prayer, you know, a life of accountability, you know, knowing, you know, the other guys and, and, you know, what they struggled with, what they, you know, were good at, you know. And, uh, yeah, it just had a huge impact on me. And when I'd come home to, from, from seminary, my my mom would be like, man, the stuff you're doing is great, but, and it's, you know, it's good that you want to be a priest, but I think like all Catholic guys, you know, we'd really benefit from this kind of formation. And, uh, that was kind of the early stages of, you know, some thoughts around, you know, how I would look at our work at Exodus. Um, you know, but I'd say those, those kinds of experiences shaped me you know, and my brother, um, you know, very deeply, um, you know, and how I've kind of chosen to live. So,
2: That's awesome. Praise God, James, for what what he uh, has graced you with. And I, I give thanks, too, for what he did in the life of your parents, too, um, yeah. to be able to then create that life of a domestic church in which you could kind of feel the the movement um, of the Holy Spirit in your own life and where that led you. Um, For those who are just tuning in, I'm speaking with James Baxter, who is co-founder of uh, Exodus. So uh, Exodus, James, um, walk us through what is this? We know it's a book of the Bible, but that's not what we're referring to here in this case. So talk a little bit of just about kind of the organization as a whole.
0: Yeah, so our team is really focused on kind of creating this place of formation for every man that that wants to to live different from the world and to be a better man, um, you know. And, and for us, it, that that's kind of like a body, mind, soul work that's ongoing. You know, um, we don't look at our work um, at Exodus or even with kind of the ninety day experience that you know so many you know know now as like uh, magic bullets are one and done you know ultimately you know the world is just really really drifting you know and sometimes feels like things are headed in the right direction most of the time they don't (laughs) (laughs) and ultimately though we can't farm out you know our own kind of self-development and personal development to to the culture or to the world, or you're going to find yourself very far away from the church and uh, far away from our Lord. So, uh, what we're trying to do is really create a, a place, um, yeah, where men can, you know, have a trusted partner that cares very deeply about, uh, their formation as a man, you know, most of our guys are husbands and fathers. So for their vocations as husbands and fathers, but I'd say like even more deeply than that, like, so like why focus on men, you know, um, you know, fathers are absolutely critical in passing on the faith uh, to future generations. And uh, all the research on this is uh, overwhelmingly clear that like when dad doesn't care, uh, there's like no chance that those kids will will practice the faith as adults. So obviously grace is not a stat and there's all kinds of exceptions to that. But sure. in general, uh, and I like to say like God actually really respects the in general because... <laughs> Like he created this whole system, you know? Uh, he respects it stubbornly and, like, just, yeah, like he respects the natural order deeply. And sometimes, as a Christian, it's frustrating, but it's the case. Like, when dad's not involved, there's almost no chance those kids will practice the faith. But when he is, there's a disproportionate chance that they do. And that's true of my experience, um, you know, growing up. And so we definitely look at our work. Um, maybe call me a dreamer and I am a dreamer, but it's just like, yeah, like we work to pass on the faith to the future and we want to answer the Lord's prayer. Like, will there be faith on earth when I come again? And it's like, yeah, like every day I'm going to work. So that the answer to that is yes.
2: The answer to that is yes. Yeah. Um, so looking at one of those programs in particular Exodus 90, um, I know it first came across my radar, I guess it was, it was a few years ago. How long has that program been in place Specifically, that ninety-day program, James.
0: Yeah, so it started out as a seminary formation program okay. that a priest that I had known uh, started. And, you know, so it was he who really kind of like just just saw and observed. Um, yeah, just the different idols that get in men's way that keep them from being who they are and who they're called to be. And um, so I kind of got the notes about it. I was not there, sure. uh, and I'm a super entrepreneurial person. I love chaos. I don't like processes. So I was like, super excited. I was like, great. Like this kind of matches with kind of the observation that my mom had that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, like what if we can take some of this and, uh, structure this in a way we can share, share it with as many men as we can. And, you know, if it's, of God, it, it will work and, um, you know, it will grow and, it, you know, it will be blessed. But if it's not, it's no, it's no problem. You know, it's like, we'll go on our way. And it's just been, it's been, you know, really, really marvelous since then. So uh, I went full-time on the project actually when I discerned out of the seminary in 2015. So it's been about seven and a half years wow. um, since I started my work at Exodus.
2: Yeah. And I've, I've, so I've known, um, I've known a number of, of men who have gone through Exodus 90 in, um, in particular, uh, for those who are not familiar with it, what would, what would a, a guy expect to undertake and embark on if they signed up for something like Exodus 90?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, Exodus 90 is founded on a couple of things, the prayer prayer life, ascetic life, you know, and a fraternal life. And so, you know, I think, you know, it's kind of the ascetic or kind of the self-denial dimensions of it that are interesting to people um, and maybe make it a little bit unique. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of what exodus entails is not very different from how most of people lived a hundred years ago and even less like and in, in parts of the world today basically you know but basically you know what we're really trying to do is to to reorder our lives to god you know by making sure we spend time with him listen to him let him work on our you know on our senses our souls let him shape us you know so Without the contemplative piece, this whole thing is really stupid. Uh, doesn't make any sense. But, you know, with that as the foundation, then it's like, okay, you know, self-mastery is really important. It's important. You can't give yourself away if you don't possess yourself in the first place. Right. And um, so many things today, you know, from sins of of lust, of greed, of, you know, achievement, you know, whatever those are. Stand in the way for most guys, and um, they're, they're idols, right? I mean, they're just they're idols. And I don't say this as like a, a perfect person at all. I mean, idols creep up in my life all the time, um, you know. But what we know as as Christians, and this is modeled by Christ, you know, by the saints. It's like, hey, the path is is not through indulgence, but is regularly through renunciation and uh, making sacrifices and and offering. Uh, making offerings as well. So, you know, the ascetic component is a lot and everybody talks about the cold showers, but there's a lot more that's involved, Um, you know, but it's all kind of, you know, grounded, I think, in, in a fraternal experience. So we like to say that we don't do self-help work. Um, You know, that, you know, you have other men uh, who become brothers in time through the process and the journey who uh, are struggling with similar things, you know, and, Exodus fraternities are an awesome time not to show up and act like you have it all together because you don't. And everyone who's honest with themselves is painfully aware of that. <laughs> and it's just the time to, to just, just be really real. Like what's going well, what's not, you know? And, um, through that process, yeah, guys have been really blessed and it's been beautiful to watch it. Just, just watch it move and grow. Um, you know, from, from what it's done for guys. So, you know, it's it's not something to undertake lightly. You know, it, it entails a, a lot. You know, but once you get into the rhythm of it, it, it flows pretty well. Um, yeah.
2: So, yeah. You know, James, you mentioned this—the um, importance of that fraternity, that community. Um, is that done? Because there are there are guys from all over uh, the place who will sign up for this. So, is that community formed virtually, or are, are they actually meeting? With folks like in a local community does that make sense um yeah. what's the what's the hope there to form that sense of fraternity
0: yeah so we have fraternities all over the world which is amazing to say now um but um and the fraternal expressions can be different you know our preference is always for you know the in-person you know time obviously um But it's important to know like, like, why does Exodus grow? You know, like how, 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 how do you get from nothing? You know, when, when I started working on it in 2015 to reaching tens of thousands of people all over the world. Mm -hmm. And the truth is like, you know, I'm not in control of that. You know, Exodus grows through, you know, way of testimony. You know, it's, it's someone experiences in it, you know, something powerful um, or they see in it a promise, you know, something that they're looking for Mm -hmm. and they, they risk. They invite someone they know you know to make that journey with them and uh that's a beautiful thing you know it's a really it's a really beautiful thing so most of our fraternities are you know we've got fraternities in the parish you know we have fraternities that are that are guys from many parishes or guys who right. aren't that involved in a parish honestly right. yeah. um you know most of our guys are catholic but not everybody you know which is it's beautiful you know it's because we're involved, you know, we're in contact with people who are not, not Catholics, obviously. So, uh, in essence, you know, we see different things, you know, what we always prioritize, um, you know, the in-person, but, uh, even our app, which is where, um, you can experience, um, you know, kind of our, our programming, um, right. you know, we've rolled out a fraternity finder basically to, to help you, awesome. uh, in that journey of finding guys. Cause obviously, you know, Exodus is not 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 another Bible study. You know, it, it's pretty involved. And uh it's uh there's a lot of guys out there who are looking for it, but it's not 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 for everybody all the time. So uh, we we do offer some support to to help you, you know, find those others that are looking, you know, for that journey.
2: Awesome. How would someone get started if if they're interested in learning more or Yeah. Beginning um, Exodus 90, where would they go to learn more, James?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Start Exodus 90 dot com is just a great place to get started. Uh, You know, on there, you'll find um, hopefully most of the things that you could be looking for or wondering about, you know, journeys of guys who come before you, you know, uh, words, testimonies, guidance from spouses, you know, about their experience of watching their husband go through this journey. Um, you know, you can kind of find all, you know, all sorts of things, uh, there that you might be looking for, about what you should know, you know, before you begin, uh, and ultimately next steps. So, um, so start Exodus90.com. You can kind of check it out and, you know, go from there.
2: Awesome. And I know the most common time that I've seen is this, uh, period in starting in early January that will lead up to, that will culminate in Easter. Is that correct? So that's, that's the most common time, but someone could, A a guy could do this anytime right throughout the year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You you know, we have men that journey through Exodus, um, you know, basically all the time, you know, at different stages. Um, About 60 to 70 percent of our guys will start in January because that enables them to kind of couple. um, It's like an extended Lent, which for those that are aware of, um, you know, church history, that was a very common thing you know, to do. And so it's kind of a way to intensify the experience of Lent to enter into it. Day 45 is always Ash Wednesday, which is kind of a unique cool. thing that I didn't, it took me actually a couple of years to realize that, like, Oh, how about that? Um, and I would also just say it wasn't even, it wasn't my idea. It wasn't the team's idea to do this 90 thing, days to Easter thing, you know, like Exodus had kind of grown for a year or so. When basically all these guys swarmed us in 2017 and I, I thought it was kind of a joke. I was like, what, what is this? Like who, who are these people? You know? And it was the guys from year one that invited their friends for, for year two. And they were the ones that kind of showed me like, Oh, of course 90 days to Easter. makes sense. But yeah. wasn't our, wasn't our idea at the start. Uh, but uh, you know, what, what's important though is, you know, we actually offer so much more than just a 90 day journey. Yeah. You know, and especially for guys that do join in January, there's a lots of support and ongoing, you know, resources uh, for your spiritual and human development, you know, through the Easter season, the rest of the year now. So, uh, you know, we like to say you get started with Exodus 90, but, you know, once you're in, you kind of realize, ah, this wasn't for 90 days. You know, really this life of prayer, the ascetic and fraternal life are, you know, more like the Christian life than not. And, um, you know, shouldn't be shouldn't be left you know, in a particular 90 day period.
2: Yeah, it's so true, right? That I I think when when men would cross that finish line at Easter, uh, for those who are starting in January, it's really starting something new. It's not just getting getting to the end of something, but at the hope, I think, is to set them up for lifelong conversion, lifelong formation and Uh, just deepening of those spiritual, good spiritual habits in a life of virtue. Um, And to bring it back to where you started um, with the aim of being able to share the faith with others, Um, because it's hard to share something that's not kind of deeply rooted in our own soul. You know, what's there to share? Mm -hmm. Um, And our world needs uh, the sharing of the good news, the sharing of the truth of Christ, the sharing of his love, his mercy, his compassion, um so I'm so grateful for the the programs that are offered just as a vehicle and instrument for for that to happen James I'm very grateful for that We've got a couple minutes left and I often ask my guests if you could leave us with a note of hope and encouragement like you said sometimes it feels like the world is kind of drifting so in the midst of that drifting what would you say to our listeners who are um, are just looking for a word of encouragement James
0: yeah, well, it's an awesome question. And I'm going to say something I not—I don't say all the time. So this isn't on a script, and I haven't said this before, but it's kind of coming to me right now. Sometimes, and even just yesterday, I was talking to somebody who's like, you know, how do I really know that I'm talking to this saint, or I'm talking to God, or, you know, whatever. So it's like, how do I, how do I discern that? Obviously, there are discernment things that, you know, from you know, it depends on your spirituality. You can, can, can rely on it and and you should, but in my own experience, I can't always relate to people who are just like, I just don't think God talks to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is not on some, you know, I, I, I don't believe that's from, it's not because I'm perfect. It's not because I have it all together, mm-hmm. but it's because I just demand that like from God, like just like my son demands all kinds of stupid things from me. And I always, for the most part, do my best, you know, to, to, if it's good for him, you know, to, to say yes, it's like, I, I really think our father is like that. And, you know, it's almost like if you don't necessarily believe it or have the confidence or the trust, like what if you pretended like you did and what would happen if you did? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you'll just find things come together for you and everyone's journey is different. Their needs are different what they're worried about right now is different, but like, what if it were all true, you know? And ultimately I think a Catholic vision is that it is true, you know, and, uh, the father's right there. Like he, and you know, the face of his son is the fabric of reality. So in the pretending, I think you'll find some cons, and ultimately, um, things will come together. So, For what it's worth, that's a word of
2: hope. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And then move from pretending to be, oh, this is actually really true. (laughs) So give it a chance. Give it a chance. The father is there. He is listening and he loves us. So James, thanks. That's a great note to end on. I really appreciate your time today. Um, I pray that God continue to bless you, your family and the good work you're doing to build up the kingdom. Thank you.
0: Miriam, thank you so much for this chance and opportunity. God bless you and God bless all your listeners. Thank you
2: so much. In the spirit of my conversation with James, I just wanted to close with these words from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. I urge you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Miriam Marston, and I hope you'll join me next week as we continue to hear stories of how the Holy Spirit is transforming the world one heart, one home, one city at a time. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all.
1: You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Matreday Radio in Portland, Oregon.